0: welcome to episode 234 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is Bob Gorman and Mike Dirks from the band Gwar. Now, I don't know how you describe this band, but they need to be seen. Their stage show, their production and live Live performance is like nothing else. If you've recently gone to the Bloodstock Festival, you may have seen them. If you've been to any of the UK dates, you would have been blown away. They really are just so unique and just need to be experienced. And on today's interview, we get to talk all about This Is Gwar, which is the brand new Shudder documentary dedicated to this really unique and incredible band. That interview will be coming up in just a couple of moments time but before we get there let's touch base and talk about my last episode because this is now my most downloaded episode this year. It also got to number 23 in the iTunes chart in America. I was joined by Trevor Ferriman, yes from Clerks 2 and Clerks 3, Elias himself and my god this interview blew up. Thank you so much. I've shared the news with Trevor. He's thrilled. He can't actually get his head around why people are interested in his work, but he is just an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast. And I really hope we can get him back in the near future. But today it's all about GWAR, and I can't wait to share this interview with you. So here's me and Bob and Mike talking all things GWAR. Hey guys, how's it going? All right, good. Thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: What I like to do with all guests on the podcast is find out basically what made them they are today. So talk to me, both of you, about maybe that first record you bought that made you fall in love with music.
2: I don't know. I guess I was <laughs> probably one of the most hated band bands, at least in our camp. But um, when I was like eight years old, my parents bought me Sgt. Pepper's Hearts Club Band in a little turntable. And so... I just fell in love with rocks being rock music back then and got a guitar the next year and would go into school and kindergarten. I was always grabbing the broom and pretending I was going to be a rock star. And that's pretty much whenever anybody asked me what I was going to be when I grew up.
1: Well, I'm, I'm from the artist camp. I don't play any music, but, uh, I've always loved weirdo stuff. And, uh, you know, I loved Dr. Demento and, uh, I had a, album of of novelty hits when i was a kid that i couldn't put down and to this day i mean i love rock and roll i love metal i love punk but um i love weirdo music and uh you know war provides plenty of weirdo music so
0: did you have the backing of your family when you were young i mean you just said then you wanted to be uh you know playing guitar and you were sitting there kind of mimicking and wanting to be in a band and that's all you wanted to do but for some parents, it's like an absolute nightmare when you turn around and say, I want to be in a band or I want to try and be playing music. They're like, look, get a real job and then we'll try that another day. But did your family have your back It like from the start?
2: My family's always been extremely supportive. Um When I told them I wanted to quit college and join Gwar and go off on a school bus and travel the country, they said, oh, that sounds like a great experience. And yeah, I was like, I'll just do it for a semester, Mom, and I'll be back. And here it is. <laughs>
0: And I'm still, yeah. 30 years later you're like that was a long semester
2: yeah but um my father is a psychology professor and he's used a course in the sick or used to before he retired taught a course in psychology of humor he would actually use core as source material for his course on an example of chaotic aggressive humor
0: that's incredible
1: <laughs> my mom wasn't so supportive she she wasn't she didn't tell me what to do, but because I was on my own, I just did it anyway. She was just more worried about the the prospect of, of jumping on a school bus with a lot of people. But, you know, I wasn't being supported by her, so I could do what I want. But she was it was more caring and worry. Uh, uh, so it wasn't uh, anti anything, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't full support. <laughs>
0: And when you went on this bus and you kind of went out there and hoped it was just a semester, but, you know, it might lead to other things. What was it like when you got this kind of response from your shows and the crowds were getting bigger and each venue you noticed was different faces at? Will you kind of believe in it or did it just seem a bit of a dream? I mean, it,
2: it was a slow burn for us, you know. <laughs> Our career has been over three decades it, there wasn't just a moment when all of a sudden, okay, yeah, we made it. It's like, we still don't really feel like we've made it. It's just been a very slow, even line for most of our careers. And it's, I guess it's been going up, but at a very slow rate. So it was never like all of a sudden, oh, this is it. So it always felt like it could fall apart at any minute. And it almost has quite a few times.
1: Yeah. And, and for me, I, um, I just enjoyed uh, doing what I loved and traveling and being part of something that I'd always wanted to do, which is like, you know, uh, a bunch of weirdos uh, just just making stuff as they go. So, I uh, you know, I always say that the circus came through town and, and grabbed me and took me with them. And, you know, uh, it's hard to go back after that. But yeah, there was no aha moment where it was like, this is this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's more like, well, if this falls apart, I'll do something else similar to this because this is what I love. Um, but uh, yeah, like Mike said, I, I thought it was over at least three times. <laughs> Somehow. So, so
0: why do you guys think it hasn't completely fell apart? Why do you think we are here now 30 years later and you've talked about times it almost broke but it never did? What's what's kept it together? What's that glue?
2: I mean, it's it's a great idea. It's and it's a story. It's like we've been we've dedicated our whole lives to telling the story of these fictional monsters from outer space. And it's a story we don't want to see end. And there's just so many, so many things we can do with it and that we've done with it. And it's also it's an amazing dynamic of artists and musicians and just creative people that have gotten together. And it's like, you know we work and every time we add someone new into the mix it changes that dynamic and it's always just been this creative soup that somehow freaking works
1: yeah i always say it's like a snowball you know uh rolling down a hill and it just picks people up and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then it's almost like it can't stop and uh when i thought it was going to stop before Gwar doesn't ever try and force anything. We don't. We're not really good at that. Everything happens organically. People make decisions, and you know, a lot of times they're bad, and we go along with it because we we don't want to do anything else. And we, uh you know, we learn from that and say, okay, let's not do that next time. <laughs> That's how we make costumes. I think it, maybe it's how they write music. It's like we make something new, and if we use materials we've never used before, either the great new material or the thing that fell apart and we never use again. So, we um. We do everything organically, and I really, when Mike rejoined, it was more just him singing for the barbecue, and then it was like, oh, well, he's our new lead singer, and that was very organic. I mean, we we talked about it. We didn't make a decision. We didn't vote. It was just, uh, it just happened.
0: And do you think because you've had the lineup changes, like you said, new blood come on board. Is that what keeping it fresh for you guys? Is that's what kind of makes it that there's always a different dynamic and it doesn't get boring for too long.
1: I think so. Absolutely. You know, fresh blood is, is really important. And, um, you know, I always say that we're, we're the SNL of heavy metal, you know, and, and that it, it kind of keeps it valid that there's no original members, but, you know, you know what SNL is. It's different cast. It's the same humor. Yeah. Boys, always revolving cast. And it's always kind of the same thing. Yeah. And
2: people think we suck now, just like SNL. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: no, mean, I've got... I've lost, got,
2: I've lost got, Belushi and Aykroyd. So <laughs> I've
1: got, you know, 35 years of fan mail. And I remember you know, we made a change in 1992 and people told us we suck then our fans, our diehard fans who still are our fans, you know? So I don't know, you know, what can you do? Um, we get new fans all the time. Hopefully we keep a lot of them. The fans kept you know, us going for sure. Yeah. It's been amazing. We have, we, we do kind of like
2: it's the new fans are what keeps it exciting and amazing. Cause like, we can do we can go in different directions and there's people out there who are going to like it like a lot of the old fans might not like what we're doing now but there's plenty more people who do and think
0: is yeah. is that kind of is that the mentality then of the band now that you want to recruit new fans because you see some bands that have been going 20 30 years and they just rest on the fact that they've got a solid fan base that are turn up to their gigs they're the same crowd that have been there and they're like you know getting on for 50 60 year olds now who are in the crowd that are just solid loyal fans but are you guys wanting to find those new young fans that are going to be like look this is something different we can show you that we're not just like all the other bands out there we're going to give you a an absolute experience like nothing else and try to win new crowds over
2: yeah i mean that's the beauty of gore it's such an open concept that we can do so many things with it and we can really be creative and try different ideas. And if we just depended if we kept doing the exact same thing and trying to appease the people that liked us 30 years ago, you know, they're all gonna die off soon, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they're
0: too oh, old you know,
1: to come. You said, is that what our new approach? It's not our new approach, it's it's what we've always done. Yeah. We've always tried to get new fans. Most people are turned off to Guar. From what they their preconceived notions of it, you know, and and I would I don't know if I didn't know anything about the band. There's a lot of my favorite bands that when I first heard of them and I thought I knew what they were, I hated it, and then I heard it in the background somewhere, I saw it in a movie or something, and was like, oh wait, I'm totally wrong. I'm I'm the I'm the dick that thought I knew what was going on, and that's a really great idea. Every time we get in a little movie or we do a festival tour all the kids that are there to see something else or watch the movie and not see war. They see Gore and they're like, Oh, I had no idea. I'm a fan now. So we, that's always been our approach. It's not new at all.
0: That's awesome. And with the documentary over here, in it's on Blu-ray under Shudder. Um, this is Gore cool. Now, What was it like trying to put all this together? Because you've got 30 years of material. You've got different video footage. There must have been loads that didn't make the final cut. So were you guys heavily involved in the construction and putting it in the directing and everything that the fans get to see?
2: Luckily, we had an amazing director, Scott Barber, who took that monumental task on himself because we've tried to do it ourselves. And it's just too much. And we don't have the perspective. We're just too close to it. And yeah, I think him being someone from the outside who still really loved the idea and loved the band. I think it was the perfect perspective and he did an incredible job with it, telling a cohesive story out of this chaos of three decades of just
1: madness. Yeah, we we had um, over the years, even before Dave passed away, we'd had people hitting us up to make a Gore documentary and we'd listen to what they said. And, you know, we just said no. And um, after Dave died, we had three different companies hitting us up with proof of concept and everything, and most of them were about the Dave Rocky just died story. And I remember talking with Dirks and Matt and just saying, "What do you guys think?" And they said, "You know, you should decide." And and I said, "Well, I think we should go with the guy that doesn't know what story he's going to tell, and uh, you know, l- let him work with us." And that was Scott. And um, I'm really glad. <laughs> We yeah. did that because you know you know we 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 kept a little clause in there that we couldn't if if he made a movie that made us look depressing or something we would say no we didn't want it to fame the brand but we were <coughs> going to let him make his movie as long as that didn't happen and so then i handed over a lot of that footage is my archives that i've been saving for years or getting from other people because i knew this would happen at some point so We let him have our archives. We trusted him. And uh, yeah, I think we're all pretty blown away at the, at the final. It's it's a
0: lot of trust, isn't it? To put into someone. And like you said, it's like handing over all your diaries and photo albums from your whole life. And it's very personal. And like you said, you kind of want to look like come across well on it. You don't want a whole documentary to make you look like you're a moron or anything. So it's like, fucking hell, the world's <laughs> going to see this, you know? So yeah. when, when you watched back that first kind of edit, were you really happy with the results? Was there stuff that you had to write down and say, look, take this bit out, take this out. This isn't what I want to do. Or were you just like, yeah, you've crafted something here and you've created the, the thing we want.
2: No, Scott, Scott really did tell a really good story and, you know it's like yeah we were scared because if i think that's why we went with scott barber because we got a feel from him that he really did appreciate our project and really loved the band and these other people that had an agenda and a story they wanted to tell it's like well that's not really our story that's yeah. a story and not necessarily the story that we need out there for us to continue on with our lives if we're like okay, there's a there's a period on this band. There's a it's done. This is the conclusive story. Then maybe, but but yeah, we trusted Scott to like.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's such a kind, sweet person, and but basically, I I think about it now. I mean, it's a hard movie for I think us to watch because, you know, I mean, I don't think I ever want to watch it again <laughs> because uh, <laughs> you know it, it's it's very very strange and very emotional, but um it's almost like he just let us tell our story you know he 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 did very little the only input we had was um you know some music licensing and things like that and working things out like that I mean I'll say this that uh because we were in control of it we couldn't say like there are a lot of people that did a lot in war that aren't in the movie
3: you know? yeah and
2: that's the only thing that I think the biggest regret is that we couldn't include all these super important people that yeah helped make it but like the thing is you could make a two-hour movie just on the first like three years of war <laughs> yeah
1: and and he had all that information and he w- probably if we hadn't gotten funding and gotten a distribution deal, we might still be working on it and might have included those and it might be a different movie but you know when we saw the first cut, I think we all said like, oh, this is a direction we can totally support. Um, You know, it needs tweaking. But, you know, there are people that are in the in the movie that were only in the band eight months. And then there are people that were in the band for 15 years that aren't in the movie. And so one thing that I think we decided amongst ourselves is the credits have the important people in them. And at least we give them that you see every single person that was in the band for a very long time. And they get credits as being in Guar, not formerly in Guar you know so that was the only thing that we decided to do to hopefully help that you know inequality yeah
0: i mean that's that's my first thought was the director sitting there in the editing suite and how how do you get it down to a couple of hours like how because you know it's like asking the beatles when they had that documentary on disney that was like six hours long but still i think peter jackson had 200 hours of material i'm thinking how do you even start but he does tell the story in two hours, and like you said, there's some bits and some members that won't get there, but in the focus. but the fact is, you guys are happy, and that's important
1: before we got a distribution deal um and you know everything shook out, which we're very happy with as well. There was talk that we could try and sell it as a you know mini series and one thing that, you know, we don't know what's going on with Shudder. We have a really good relationship with them and they want more content from us. You know, it's always a possibility we could expand this. You know, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Maybe it'll turn into a, you know, six, one hour. Each era of Guar gets its own one hour like the SNL uh, documentary uh, series. Uh, so, you know, maybe if enough fans clamor for that, Shudder will, will, you know, make that happen or
0: just to do the big cash grab thing of like the director's cut the unseen like when marvel do a film a year later like this is the version the band wanted you to see just make more money doing it that way
1: (laughs) well we never filmed a lot of those other guys they never got filmed because we just ran out of time to to you know to get those interviews
0: so um and with the future of the band, uh, how's it looking? Is there a chance that we get to see you in the UK anytime soon? Festivals next year or anything like that? Have you got like some news that you can not quite tell me yet, but you can soon?
2: Well, we were we were just over there um, for a few festivals and for Bloodstock. And,
0: yeah, in Derby, yeah.
2: Yeah, and we had a great time at the European festivals and we will definitely be back most probably next festival season.
0: That's
1: yeah the awesome. management is working with us and we have to you know plan that way out and so we're in that planning stage and it looks very probable that we'll be we'll be back uh, next summer
0: and how did you find bloodstock because it's a very local festival to me there's like download and bloodstock and it's the best sort of metal festivals we've got here and i always think bloodstock's the right size you can i see people with their kids there and i see people with their grandparents there and it's just the best vibe around
2: yeah it, w- it was hot this year
0: <laughs> yeah really and fucking moved hot the,
2: moved the stage so the sun isn't shining on
1: it all day <laughs> but <laughs> it's a well-run festival we've played it twice now and um i i can't complain because those big festivals can be uh, totally uh horrible sometimes but but they've got their their shit together and they treat the, the bands the artists very well so they can't control the sun but you know Uh, yeah maybe changing the angle of the stage but uh rotating
0: stage just turns around halfway through
1: well gore looks better at night anyway gore doesn't look really good in the afternoon but you know we get the slot we get and we're happy for it so you know we'll make do
0: and what is the secret then guys because i've had bands on here recently like incubus and i'm trying to think of bands that have been going like everclear that have been going like 30 years 20 years plus, um, Jimmy Will, other bands like that. And what's the secret to keep on going? Because you said that you have no vision of gore ever ending, but there must be a point one day when you're like, my back hurts. I can't do a two hour show. I just can't do this. But you guys don't seem like you have any bit that wants to stop anytime soon.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's going to be it. That's going to be the physical when we physically can't do it anymore. But because intellectually there's so many stories that can still be told through war
1: yeah i'm hoping that there's some way where we could be you know tell the stories through through movies and comics and albums and then maybe come out and do a couple festivals a year you know as we get what we can't do we're in the middle of a two-month tour right now and everyone seems pretty healthy and everyone's doing it but like you know 10 years from now, I don't I don't think we won't be able to do that. So we're going to have to figure that transition. I think that's our big challenge. But, you know, we're, we're transitioning into more of a festival band because that way we get more fans. We're yeah. in front of fans that are there maybe to see Judas Priest and they, they come over and see Warren. They're like, oh, my God, I had no idea. So I can see us doing, you know, you fly into those, you get paid well, you do one and then you're done. So, you know, I I see maybe us transitioning into more of a just a a festival band as we get older. And then we can do that. It's a one, one shot, you know.
0: Uh, And my final question for you guys is, I ask this to everyone that comes on the podcast and there's two of you, so you might have to have a fight to decide, but um, the outro music on every episode on over 200 episodes is chosen by the artist that's been on. So is there a song, and it doesn't have to be one of your own, it can be a song that you love, that when I ask the question, comes straight to your heart or to your head that you just fucking love that would make a perfect outro song and if there's two and you can't decide i'll pick one and then you'll find out when it comes out
1: i mean we 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 have one that honors our ex-singer that i think we would be close with a lot because it's it's funny but it's also very
0: very tragic and sending the clowns is that you both happy with that to be the today's episode closer then Awesome. Thank you both for your time. My time's up. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you and good luck with the rest of the press and everything. And I'll be promoting the hell out of this documentary here in the UK for you guys. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Bob and Mike from the amazing band Gwar. Really great people. Really short interview. It's one of those interviews that I kind of wish I'd had like another hour because I feel like we just started getting going. But who knows? Our paths may cross in the near future, especially if they're touring in the UK and I'd love to get a face-to-face interview with these guys because I find them fascinating and have so much respect for the work they do. They really are like no one else. As you heard, we talked all about This Is Gwar, which is the documentary right now which is available to buy on Blu-ray from the great guys at Shudder. These guys put some amazing stuff out and this is a documentary that will blow your mind, so go and check it out. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, Hit me up on markandme.com. Because on there, there's links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all I ask that if you've enjoyed today's episode, hit that retweet button, share it on Facebook, or maybe put it on your Instagram stories. Because you don't realize just how powerful that is. It costs nothing for you guys to do at home. It's literally the click of a button, and that'll get the word out there to maybe your followers or people on your Facebook list. And that'll then encourage people maybe just to check out an episode. And before you know it, they've signed up, they've subscribed, and then they're a Mark and Me fan for life. And that is something that money can't buy. So please, if you've enjoyed today's episode, I really appreciate it. I do have a Patreon account set up and starting in November, there'll be exclusive episodes just for my patrons. Not only that, when you sign up, which can be as little as one pound a month, you get an exclusive badge, some stickers, and I'll update you throughout the year with lots of exclusive content. You might even get to ask a question to one of my guests and so much more. And please, every penny that goes in via Patreon helps me put more podcasts out there, put it on directories like iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, which all cost money. I don't make a penny myself and put it all right back into the production of Mark and Me. I'll be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode. So until then, look after yourself, take care, listen to Gwar, and I'll speak to you all very soon.